Hi, welcome to Deb's Data Dojo. This is your host, Deb, researcher for Calling All Beings. Deb's Data Dojo is part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today, I would like to welcome my co-host, Jesse Peek. Jesse Peek is a MUFON investigator and a member of SCU. Jesse also has some new news about some other things he's doing. Go ahead, Jesse. Say hi to everyone. <laughs> hi, everybody. Uh, this is Jesse Peek, MUFON field investigator for the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. Um, I'm a member of the SCU and I investigate cases for them. And um, I also am a new member of the Planetary Society, where I'll be advocating with Congress to, uh, for future space exploration missions and um, space, uh, space exploration in general. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, congratulations for joining yet again, another project. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, you have so many connections and it's amazing. Um, are you ready to hear about our guest for today, Jesse? Absolutely. I've been excited. Can't wait. <laughs> okay. Today we're going to be talking to Leonard David. He has been writing for over 50 years on the subject of space and UAPs. Um, his recent book was Moon Rush, The New Space Race. And in addition to books, he's been writing for space.com. His recent article, 2022, could be a turning point in the study of UFOs circulated around the UFO community. And it, it sparked a lot of interest. Um, also, Leonard has an extensive blog called Inside Outer Space, where you'll find information both about space and, again, UAPs. Welcome, Leonard. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. I, I don't get much time to actually talk about the articles I write. You push the send button and you pray to God that somebody reads them. <laughs> you know, it's one of those classic things. But uh, that story seemed to hit a chord, and I'm so happy for that. Well, we're glad you wrote it. For those who haven't gotten a chance to look at that article, I strongly suggest it. Um, it touched on quite a few things. For instance, you talked to um, various groups on the coming projects that are going to be happening in 2022 and you kind of honed in on some interesting concepts one of which was uap detectors could you tell us a little bit about uap detectors i'm really curious about that uh, there, there are several groups that i mentioned there and that are building these uh, uh technologies that are capable of at least uh scanning the sky in a different uh uh, different way that may be uh, detectors of uh, a phenomenon that we're not familiar with. And uh, uh, there's several of those, but, uh, you know, I kind of tip my hat to Abby Loeb. Uh, he's kind of a spark plug on this thing. And I'll be honest with you, the other day I put something on about Abby Loeb and I got a 50-50 uh, kind of... Uh, uh, public comment about him. Uh, it was really an odd mix of things. Personally, I feel this guy is pushing the envelope and mm -hmm. he's got some money and, and he's going to be working with some other groups. And so I, I, I think he's doing something different. Uh, 
and maybe we can talk about that with SETI, you know, mm -hmm. the search for extraterrestrial intelligence and and some of the uh, bugaboos in that compared to what he's trying to do. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. But the technology is there. And one of the most powerful things that's going on to me is citizen science. Mm -hmm. This is a term that we better get used to because people can participate. They can be involved. They can get the hardware. They can send their data into something. And I think that's going to be a helpful uh, thing. I don't care if it's satellite reentry or meteors or you know, UAP flying by or a bird that got caught in the, uh, you know, the, the lens. I don't care. It, it, people want to take part in exploring their own universe. And I think that's really uh, where we are today. Yes, I think if, you know, there's actually um, what they call a scheme that was um, about attracting people into astronomy um, in the search of UFOs. That's what they called it, a scheme. They actually had a conference and they spoke about getting people interested in, in STEM, essentially, by talking about UFOs. And it's definitely a topic that got me more interested in space and looking in the sky. You know, a lot of people just kind of take it for granted. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one, you know, I don't want to belabor this point, but I'm kind of, it's a little corny for me, but I, you know, when you're a writer or a journalist and you're at the end of the story about SETI or something, when you're really tired at four o'clock in the morning and you're trying to finish that story, you know, it's one of those, are we alone? You put it at the end of the thing with a question mark. My thing is, how crowded is it? It's not, are we alone? That's where we are today. How crowded is this universe? And that's what is on the other end of this UFO, UAP uh, saga that we're all uh, enveloped in now. And uh, that is my, after, after a long time of writing, that was my takeaway message to myself. So have you have you thought about the possibility that we have already found life? Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> I just came off an article on uh, looking at Curiosity Mars rover and uh, Perseverance on, on Mars and trying to find life, you know, microbial. And uh, that's that it's uh, a great effort. And uh, but it's a, a tedious effort of how we are going about this and uh and then like you have spent a lot of your time and career on the bigger picture you know are they here are they now uh, are they present uh and it's it's a haunting it's a haunting dialogue for me as a, as a journalist I, I i find it intriguing there's something amiss with all this it doesn't make sense. And uh, I, I, I wish I knew, because then I'd be a Nobel Prize winner uh, writer, <laughs> you know, if I could figure this out. Well, I'll tell I'm you. not good enough to do that yet. And I, but I there's something gnawing at me, really gnawing at me. And I'm sure it's gnawing at you and you, both of you about this question. 
there's something amiss here that's not making sense. And uh, boy, I wish I knew what it was. Yes, I will tell you that having done an extensive amount of research on this subject, I keep coming away with, we don't know what this is. Um, people have a lot of hypotheses about what it is, um, but no one actually seems to know. And um, that seems to be how it becomes one of the biggest mysteries in our lifetime. And we all really want to know. So actually, I, I have a, a question about some of the people that you've spoken to. Um, I imagine that you've had some back and forth with them on this subject at some point. So what are some of the things the people you've spoken to in the space industry and so forth, um, what are some of the things they've come up with? You know, we're in some uh, very interesting times when you think about, we just launched the Jim Webb, James Webb Space Telescope. And one of the premises of that facility is to look for exoplanets and really uh, uh, get this grouping of a story together of how alone are we are we're just infiltrated with planets that have uh, potential for for life uh now whether they have come here um you know we can go on on that thing but uh i don't know there's something going on here that's much bigger than all of us can really co almost comprehend but it's so exciting to be alive today and as I get older, I'm just hoping the answers are going to come faster because, you know, as I as I move along, I, I just have spent so much time thinking about this. You really I wouldn't mind closure on a couple of points. You know, Jesse, you know, I got to salute MUFON for, you know, I think, uh, you know, the the whole idea about trying to identify uh, things in the sky that pu the public sees that are misidentified is, is a plus. Now, people think of that as a negative, but I think of it as a plus because the drones going on. And Yeah, absolutely. What's your take on the percentage of misidentification that's going on? Yeah, so we have a percentage that we usually give out to people because they always ask the question how much stuff can be explained naturally, um, how much is man-made, how much is, you know, astronomical. Um, we usually give them about 94% of stuff can be explained. Um, it's usually about 6%, which is the good stuff that we are not, you know, familiar with. Um, and that 6%, we, we, you know, we rarely get cases like that, but when they, we do, um, usually there's there's some extensive evidence to come along with that photo evidence and, and things like that. But the majority of cases that I get, I'm able to figure out, you know, it's either a, a star that happens to shoot at that exact time or it's a satellite or Starlink SpaceX satellites going up at that, that right. exact moment. Um, so, yeah, it does happen a lot. And people kind of get upset when you tell them that <laughs> <laughs> you deal with a little bit of pushback from people. Um, they yeah. get upset, you know, and. But uh, that's all part of seeing unidentified objects. I mean, it's not all UFOs, you know, the ones that we're talking about. So, you know, I, I want to throw this out there. I, I, I think I was sitting there today thinking about us talking, and I, I kind of came up with unidentified flying ob objectivity. Uh, that's one of the things that's missing in this. Uh, and this gets to your point, Jesse. Uh, 
you know, people see things and they feel cheated when you tell them it was Venus or something else. One hopes that people get an education out of misinterpreting things to be better observers in the future because there, there there's a mismatch here there's some uh you know there's some classified aircraft that are flying and there's a lot of other things drone development that can be you know if i saw that i'd be going like yeah ufo but yeah, exactly. a connection to they're from alpha centauri and you know they're waving you know as a big gulf <laughs> there's a big gulf there <laughs> yeah i think that um the the problem is sometimes we are so hopeful you know that we're engaging with something that we dismiss something else that's more logical but why is that that's what's interesting to me why right. is it that we want to have that right it's the belief we want it we believe so bad that we actually can make ourselves see things that we're not really seeing yeah you know and it happens so often you know and i have to reassure people well we appreciate it and i have to tell them exactly <laughs> how i found it and give them all the evidence to you know kind of back up my solution i feel like i would def de defend myself when i'm given that disposition of what from what they're, what they're saying so yeah yeah i think I think we're coming to a point where we're going to end up using AI a little bit more often to help yeah. roll out some of these things. But do you think that you could maybe give some examples of some things that you're aware of um, that people um, misidentify as UAPs? Well, you know, I've seen things that I would say I may have misidentified, and uh, in San Diego, I saw a bird flock go by uh, that I thought it was a whole formation, and it was just a reflection of the underbellies going through the sky. And I, you know, if, if, I'm sure people thought that could be something, and I'll be honest with you, I, I. Uh, I'm I'm kind of one of those guy persons that have seen the black triangle. I've seen one, uh, and I do not believe it for a second that's from an alien intelligence. That's an Air Force or, or some whatever agency it is classified program. And I saw that thing, and uh, it, it, it's probably the you know, and I'm. I'm kind of an amateur, amateur astronomer, and I've been out a lot. And I've seen a lot of different things over my uh, lifetime. And that was the strangest damn thing I've ever seen. Uh, it, it was almost, you know, I'll tell you this, and I know you think I'm crazy. Uh, Ooh, it, it's almost well. designed to make you not think that you see it. And I don't know what that means, but I, I, there was something going on in there psychologically when I was looking at it that was so bizarre uh, that I had never seen before that it looked like it was intentional. That, you know, they built this thing. And, it, it, you know, those things, the Black Triangle uh, issue, I think, is, is really a classified uh, program and it's, it's matured over the decades. Uh, it's it's going to come out sometime soon, I think. But I said that about a decade ago. <laughs> you know, it's pretty clear what that one is. And uh, that has been part of the folklore. 
yes. of, of, of UFOdom. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of a kid that grew up in San Diego, California in 1940s now. And I'll be honest with you, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the things I really remember is George Adamski, uh, who was just got back from Venus. He was on the local television, you know. And as you're, you know, a 10 or 12 year old kid watching George Zadamski just got back from Venus and he said it was hot there. It, he must be right. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, what I'm trying to get to is there is still today fakedom in this whole UFO, UAP uh, conglomeration of people that are out there. And it's a cottage industry. People are making money on people, wh what you just said about wanting to believe. And it's, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to overdo it, but. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot of, um, there's a lot of history. Um, when I um, did the research, I discovered a lot of stories that you would really have to suspend rational belief for. Um, so, you know, I think we have to continue to push the science. Yeah. And that's actually a really good strong point for Jesse. He's really pushing the science on it with the SCU and some of his um, personal interests. And, um, you know, the Galileo project, yeah. um, really helpful for that. Um, we really have to do that because there's definitely a truth here. There are definitely objects we cannot identify. I, I did want to ask, I don't want to go too far back, but I wanted to ask, for your triangle, was it slow moving or was it fast? I was just curious. You know, um, you know <laughs> I wrote a piece of paper when I, when I saw it and I actually wrote it or scribed it and wrote the time down. I'm in San Diego in my parents' driveway they, they, they were uh, both sick and I was out there, you know, doing the sun thing. And I saw this thing. And again, I've been on that driveway and I've seen everything. I've seen a lot of things go by in the sky. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. And it caught my eye. And it was one of those things, I, I, I guess... You know, I would say that there is a little bit of this kind of uh, view that it projects above the vehicle to below the vehicle where you you see stars. You, you're not quite sure you're, you know, you're seeing the object. You're seeing a sky pattern. And uh, I really walked away from that thing thinking that somebody has really thought this through of how to fool a, a mind. Right. You know that there was a psychological connection to this this object, and I not to belabor this, but I one of my best friends uh, uh, worked at Aviation Week in Space Technology, Bill Scott. Bill did a lot of Area 51 stories in Av Week early on, and he said, "Oh, you saw the," and he had the name. He he said, "Yeah, you saw the airship." You know, it's it's a transporter thing. They move payloads. You know, T three R B. I believe it was. 
I believe it. They call it T3RB. Yeah, yeah. He had the name. He had the whole thing. And I saw, I saw it. It was pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And that was, geez, I don't know, two decades ago now? And God knows where they are. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, was a template or something. I don't know if you know who James Goodall is. Uh, and Michael Strath are both uh, aerospace historians, and, and Jim Goodall worked at Area 51 for a long time, working on yeah. all the, uh, the secretive weapons. And he was stating earlier that, you know, whatever we have out now, the government's at least 20 years, you know, more advanced yeah. than what they're not showing us. So yeah. some of that aircraft you're seeing, we haven't even seen in the public view yet. So yeah. right away, it's like it blows your mind when you're seeing this thing and you question in, yourself. In my lifetime, you know, it was a big deal. This sounds corny, I know. Uh, when uh, I think it was Lyndon Johnson, when he declassified the uh, Blackbird and the and also the U-2. You know, the U-2 came out and we we had no idea what uh, the Skunk Works was working on at that time. And we got a preview of that. And this is all 1960s. So, you know, OK. And I'm not discounting any kind of UFO activity and all that with all that. But still, this is getting to your point, Jesse, about trying to make sure that the public is not fooled by uh, and, and we've both read documents where the CIA was very thankful that the public thought it was UFOs and didn't <laughs> didn't talk about the the, the yeah. A11 yes. or the way. Especially they, when you're trying to hide it from China and Russia. Yeah, right. yeah. It, it was very convenient for them when they were <laughs> spying. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it gets you know, it just it, it just moves the pendulum a little bit. To, to realize that one of the interactions we're dealing with here is definitely classified military uh, operations. And this UAP thing is very interesting. Uh, I, I, I try to keep track of Lou, uh, Alessandro, and Chris Mellon, and all the people that are kind of in the forefront of this. It, it, I'm almost at the point where I think we've got two different phenomenon going here. UFO is maybe a different thing than UAP. And some of our my journalism friends are trying to link the two. It may be two different kind of activities. And uh, I, I'm not out of the UAP uh, land yet. Uh, and I kind of uh, tried to, to be honest, I tried to, I had to fight the editor to keep it in because I, I really, uh, like um, uh, Mike uh, McMaster's or, you know, he uh, on this time machine, you know, coming back in time, that's us. Yes. There's something yes. that really strikes me about what he was saying that, you know, why are these things flying over military operations? And, uh, you know, you know, you're not going to come from Alpha Centauri and bother military operations you know there's got to be something else going on there yes and i i just think that you know this time uh machine uh possibility is should not be uh yawned off that maybe it's us coming back in time and we're actually uh, monitoring uh, you know the evolution of you know power on the planet i i don't know what it is um 
but I'm not discounting that one. I, I think that time machine thing is fascinating. I yeah. wish I, you know, I was a, a C student in physics, so I, I never can quite get, keep up with some of the folks that are on the time machine. <laughs> well, a lot of people have um, called that the future human hypothesis and have really been pushing that. Um, I think what's interesting about that is it kind of lines up a little bit with what Avi is pushing, which is that we'd probably be using AI. Um, and yeah. I imagine that in the future, we will get better with AI and we might be able to figure out time travel. So there is a possibility that's part of what's going on for sure. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be people that'll be upset on this podcast about that. But I mean, I, uh, there's something, um, again, I, I, I hate to keep going, uh, something's amiss here, but some of it doesn't really gel up. You know, if you've got, uh, it may be two different phenomena, uh, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and you got to look at the, the aspect of nuclear weapons. Um, they're coming back and they're flying over these nuclear weapon bases and shutting down these ICBM missile silos and, and nuclear weapons they can shoot off and they're shutting them down. Um, yeah. So possibly in the future, we know the devastation that these these can do. And we're trying to, you know, kind of give a warning to our to ourselves from the past, you know. So yeah. I think, you, Jesse, you may have brought this up and something I because I, I did a little uh, Google thing on you. And I, I, I think I, you may have been the one that brought up, you know, are we prepared for this kind of uh, realization that we're not alone? And I, that one, how does how do we handle that? I mean, I I don't know where we're headed, but I I do think this year, like the space.com story was trying to get to, I think this is kind of a turn turning point for something. Something's going to happen here. I don't know if it's the disclosure, you know, big capital words or whatever. Well, I agree. I think with the Webb Telescope, which is going exceptionally well so far knock yeah. on wood let's knock on some wood guys yeah. um we've got the web we've got galileo with just a t everyone is going to galileo you know every almost every week someone else who is a part of this community is going to galileo and contributing yeah um i also have volunteered for galileo but i don't think they need me <laughs> i have enough people but um yeah so they have um they have the Galileo project, which I think they have said is about spring. Things are going to come forward. Then we have the government actively working to slowly disclose things to us, which is, I think, how they are preparing us one thing at a time. We just got, you know, we got a whole bunch of stuff from Lou and the videos. And then we got some stuff um, just recently from Gary Nolan um about you know metamaterials and injuries related to being near craft right. so i feel like yes a lot of things are happening we're going to keep getting the government drops we're going to keep getting information from the science and the citizen science i should say clearly right and then we have all these other projects that are happening like jesse's project with you know and the, and there's really exciting news from MUFON that I don't want to spoil yet, but just yeah. like really cool things are coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I think this year is, you know, there's going to be some, you know, kind of come to Jesus kind of thing, you know, something's 
coming and I don't know what it's going to be. And some of the UFO quote unquote fanatics will not be happy. Uh, you know, I think some of this is going to turn out to be something that uh, is going to be hard to uh, declassify. Um, I, I, there was a great article and I can't remember the guy that wrote it. And I, and it's only been one article that really looked at uh, the UAP phenomenon as a testing of uh, military aircraft that was being done in a, a totally uh, closed, uh, secretive way uh, to, uh, you know, kind of uh, upgrade Navy pilots. And I, I found that one, you know, it, it, it may be totally wrong, but it's worth thinking about. And uh, I know people hate, uh, is it Mick? Uh, who's our guy there? Uh, he does a lot of the- Yeah, Mick West. Mick West, you know, and, you know, he does a lot of work and some of that is pretty credible. You know, Absolutely, like, yeah. And mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that I think MUFON or any of the groups, instead of like discounting the guy, ought to embrace some of that. Uh, because that's the- that has to be the the testing ground for the, you know uh, of finding something unique that we don't really don't understand and uh you know mick you know at the end of the day you know the guy has to eat his words i don't care yeah yeah i really absolutely. don't care and he he's probably the first guy to say okay <laughs> I have to eat my word <laughs> uh we'll see I, I think he believes, by the way, McQuest. He just wants to have it be 100%. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. 100%. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, and that's, I think that's what MUFON does. I think that's what uh, some of the other, uh, you know, SCV and, you know, some of the other groups or SEU uh, mm -hmm. do, you know, that uh, really put some rigor in this thing. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you're going to have to have some credible data that everybody, and that, I think it's what Avi Loeb's after. I mean, Avi is, I think, is really trying to nail this thing down. I mean, if it's. Yeah. And that's exactly what MUFON's doing. I mean, we, we put together, we've been around since 1969, and we put together a case management system. Um, and there's yeah. thousands and thousands of investigative cases. Um, and it's a lot of good data, you know, to get really get a grip on what's actually going on. Yeah. yeah. I, but get back to that thing about, are we ready? Yeah, no. What do you just, think? Are we ready? I, I, I would say we're getting there. Um, I know we'll, we'll have a lot of pushback from, you know, religious groups. That's a, that's a big part of, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of people not, not being open to the possibility of UFOs or, um, you know, technologies that they can't explain. Um, there's that. And then there's people with politics. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that can, you know, give you a pushback with that. So I always question, are we ready? You know, I asked my mom and dad or family members, you know, are you, would you be ready if that happened? And some of them say no. And some say yes, you know, so, but they are slowly disclosing this this information to us and giving us little crumbs here and there to try to prepare us for for something, you know. So I think eventually you know, we go through that, and and you know, you, it, it sounds like somebody's thought this through somehow. And who is that? Who has decided the crumbs on readying yeah. the public to get there? 
And meanwhile, you have Jim Webb Space Telescope in route, it's at L2. The mirrors are getting aligned. This thing's gonna kick on. And you know, God knows what, what's gonna come out of this thing. And that's just observational stuff, you know, in the right. And then there's some new stuff that's going on. I don't know if you've seen, but um, I think it was uh, astronaut Bruce McCandless the second um, today actually floated in space freely with the first um, manned maneuver unit. Yeah. Um, and then they're also going to be shooting that new rocket up uh, from Vandenberg Space Air Force Space Force Space. Yeah. Um, with the new spy spy satellites up in space. So yeah. they, they're obviously they know something's going on and they're preparing for it. They're they're on a they're on their agenda, you know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I write about space, and you know, uh, you know, National Reconnaissance Office, and you know, all the other intelligence agencies, some of which we don't, we're not quite sure what they are. Uh, you know, they all have ca space capabilities, and uh, you know, I don't know how that you know, I don't know how that gels. I mean, it, 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 if there is some kind of force that is some kind of, uh, you know, unified policy force that is trying to, like we said, throw out crumbs to get the public ready. Uh, you know, how do we know we're ready? I mean, how do they know well, that we're there? <laughs> I think I think one of the problems is that historically they use terms like mass hysteria. And they use that as their excuse for not telling the public. But as someone who has studied psychology um, in a professional capacity, I can say that mass hysteria is not a global phenomenon. Yeah. I will also say that one of the hindrances that we have um, in conveying this information is that people are afraid. However, if you look at how to tackle fear, one of the things you do is you provide information. Um, so I think the providing information will help us to become ready. So okay. So do you see different levels of information? Do you see? I mean, how would it be staged where you could do it? Well, right now, I would say, in my opinion, the UFO community is almost like a guinea pig. Um, they're getting the drops before just about the rest of the world right yeah. um and then they're mulling over it and people are probably watching how the response is um they're probably watching how people are reacting to different things and that's probably helping them decide what to drop next and sort of how to use the pr on what they dropped in the first place you know what i mean and yeah. then they're going to take it to the the bigger media do you Absolutely. think uh, different cultures have different uh, uh, potential to uh, assimilate that we're not alone? I mean, do, do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, th I think we're probably behind some of the other cultures in that actually yeah. quite a bit. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, you got to look at the, like she was saying, they are kind of throwing little things out there to test to see if we are ready you know all through the coronavirus and the pandemic we've had uh, riots and people marching down on capitol hill yeah. um so they know what can possibly happen and then they throw the 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 uap on june 25th they put the uap report out yeah i guess to see if maybe the, what the public and how they would react you know um and that was a big thing because the government has had, has never done that 
You know, yeah. out of the 75 years I've been covering up UFOs. Let me let so, me ask you, Jesse. You know, one thing that bothered me, and I, I I'm behind the power curve here, but you know, we have a new supposed agency that's going to be focused on this question. And the first thing I started seeing is everybody hated that organization because it wasn't the right one. And I'm going like, okay, why? And, you know, I listened to Lou and Chris Mellon, he's writing letters and, you know, I mean, wh where are you on that? I mean, are we at some, uh, at least from a governmental uh, recognition of the issue that, uh, and then the New York Senator, uh, you know, is she's been, pushing this forward and yeah, Senator I, I've lost it. I lost the thread. I mean, I really don't have an answer. I mean, I mean, they're, they're slowly giving us crumbs. Like we talked about okay. now they did that. They, they made the new unit within the Pentagon to try to investigate this stuff so we can get information on it. Like Senator Gilbrand and Marco Rubio are doing. They right. want to know people are interested. I think a lot of the younger generation is now becoming um, higher ups within the Pentagon and they have grown up always wanting to know what's going on. Um, and now they're starting to slowly ask these questions, which is why we got this new unit within the Pentagon. Um, so I think they're going to try to get some paper with writing on it to show the public about what's going on. Um, but I think again, it's going to be slow little breadcrumbs. It's not going to be all at once. Um, yeah. You know, because yeah. what happens if you just tomorrow they put on the news, hey, we have aliens and UFOs. They've been here for years. Yeah. I mean, the Vatican would go crazy. Um, Buddhism. Look, no, I mean, the Vatican everything. knows about well, it. Well, the Vatican knows, but <laughs> people people that, that support the Vatican, they're not ready for that, yeah. really, you know? So. Well, the Vatican's been pretty clever about how they're getting people ready. They've been I think supposed... they know something, though, too. Oh, no. They, the, the Vatican's very science forward, and they've Absolutely. been putting out some articles preparing people for some time. Right. Yeah. They said they would baptize aliens. Yes, they yeah. did. Oh, God. They did say that. Oh, right. So oh, that's God. been a, they've been pretty smart. If you if you're a religious leader, it's not hard to make aliens part of your religion. Really, come on. Yeah. Just like just say they're part of our our they're our brothers. God just went on and made some more. Like it's right. not hard to reconcile that. I don't understand the religious argument. I don't right. because I feel like you can reconcile those yeah. two things. You can. And Eric Von Daniken did that with Chariot to the Gods, in my yeah. opinion. I don't know if you know that book or not, but oh yeah. I mean, that's the ancient astronaut theory right there. And it, it breaks down all the religions and, and how UFOs have somehow been there at one point or another. I mean, it's in their paintings. It's in their books. Um, you know, back then people didn't know to, to say a UFO or a UAP. You know, they said it's a wheel in the sky, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Or a shield. Yeah, or a shield. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Or yeah, an airship. Yeah, well, we're at a point, though. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, you have this dynamic that you're talking about, and then you have NASA spending billions of dollars, including other countries now, on the search for life on Mars. Uh, again, Jim Webb Space Telescope. I mean, we uh, Hubble, uh, and we've we've had in the last since I've been around. I mean, this whole exoplanet detection and just getting uh, the public to realize that uh you know how many planets around other stars there are and you know 
I'm getting old enough where I lost one planet in my own solar system. Pluto got canceled out there. And, you know, meanwhile, they found thousands of other planets in other places. Um, so you, you're left with this kind of kind of a dynamic of, you know, are they here now? And aliens are coming through and it, it was a stucky off ramp. And they're they're so busy with Earth. Uh, and then we have this in, incredible uh, scientific agenda that's underway right now through just uh, not just NASA, but European Space Agency, China. I mean, multiple countries have uh, amazing astrophysical uh, astronomy uh, observatories out there. And so you have all this new data coming in. So maybe that's right. part of the part of the scheme is like getting everybody to realize how how again i'm getting back to the how crowded it is right and i feel I like they, i do feel like they said we were like on the verge right we're on the yeah. verge of finding that extraterrestrial life and they've spent a lot of money talking to theologians to prepare people like congress has paid people to do that i think nasa yeah. is paying people to have those conversations what happens when we find the extraterrestrial life I think, however, they also are hesitant to say it's here already because they know that sparks fear in people. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to say, since, you know, I know we have to be mindful of your time and Jesse just has a ton of questions for you. So I want to let him get to all of his questions that he has for you. Yeah, I just ha I have a couple questions. I just wanted to get your opinion on things. So I know you've been doing this for 50 years. Um, and, you know, people, I've, I've asked a couple people, you know, if they had questions for you. And, and one of the questions that come up, um, do you really think that, you know, the amount of planets that they tell us publicly is the exact number? Or do you think there's more? How many planets do you really think are in our solar system alone? Do you think it's a higher number or? No, I think we're still trying to find planet. Now that we aced out Pluto, we're still trying to find the uh, planet X. You know, my guess is, you know, just from, uh, again, I, I'm just a reporter. So I talked to a lot of astronomers and uh, Alan Stern, who ran the uh, Pluto program, uh, you know, for the flyby. And, uh, you know, it's clear we're not, we're, we're kind of stupid. You know, we, we don't get it. You know, our solar system is going to expand and, and there are going to be a lot of odd oddities. And uh, I'm still fascinated by, uh, although it's controversial, Avi Loeb's uh, uh, that interstellar uh, object that came flying yes. through. What the hell? Yeah. And so, you know, you know, the, the important thing is that uh, to me is... Um, you know, it's it's really good to be mystified by our own solar system. Never mind the universe, but our own own little family of planets. And uh, it is it's just a growth period for us to get ready for some bigger questions that are going to come out of J James Webb if it works, everything goes well. Uh, so you know, we're we're really you know, in a, really a new exploratory mode with a lot of capability. And, uh, you know, I, I'm ready to be bowled over. You know, I, I'm, again, I'm getting older and I, I've been surprised many times in my life over and over again about what we found here and there. 
And I, I, you talk about the big bang. I, I, there's a big bang coming of information yeah. about our own solar system, about the universe around us, and we, and it's part of the part of the great exploration puzzle. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think when you look at our our technological boom, which has been really tremendous in the last hundred years, you can only fathom what we're going to be like in another hundred because we just keep growing exponentially with the knowledge and technology and the access to information that we would never have imagined a hundred years ago. And I can't tell you how many times I've written in the last five years, AI helping out. I mean, they're, they're taking this data and crunching this stuff in very odd ways. And I, we're going to come up with a bunch of new, uh, new things that we just did not fathom and that's that's an impressive uh, new capability we have now yeah it was shocked me when i seen the astronaut flying solo without any attachments to the space right. station today you know, yeah that blew my mind i was like no what if it you know broke down and he'd be he'd be floating away you know <laughs> but they had the capabilities to do this how long have they had it you know yeah well right. I, bruce mccandless yeah he that's a way back but i mean he was a fantastic uh pioneer in his own right uh uh you know non-tethered and i think that's where our knowledge has got to go non-tethered i mean we got so many parochial uh viewpoints about how we've grown up and and understood things we gotta get ready we're gonna be mystified we're gonna be confounded but that's what it's all about that's why we're doing this that's why we're right. human you know it's great I know, and and I've I've said frequently that, you know, science, magic, religion—the three parts of what we believe—are um, kind of blending together right now, quite yeah. a bit, and they definitely seem to when it comes to the topic of UFOs. Yeah, well, it could be a forerunner of things to come. That's for sure. So I had um, you had wrote the book Moon Rush. Um, so I figured you were into the moon. You have looked into it and done some research on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so do you think that the hollow moon theory is correct when they, you know, they dropped the bell or they dropped the, the craft on the moon and it rung, um, and then they tested it and dropped it even farther from higher up and it rung longer. Do you know anything about the about hollow that? moon thing? But I mean, I, I think we got to still understand when you have impactors and we actually have the SpaceX upper stage coming in uh and hitting the moon in march uh it, it'll uh it'll impact uh it's a four ton upper stage and it'll definitely set off some seismometry experiments maybe even chinese uh on the far side uh yeah i we're still i i think trying to understand exactly what we're dealing with with the moon um i wrote that book for national geographic um and I tell you, the one takeaway message is, you know, we we got so used to the Apollo astronauts plopping around there, you know, from 69 to 72, that we thought it's a been there, done that object. It ain't. <laughs> we got, there's some stuff kind of come out of that, uh, that we're still uh, groveling about. And uh, we're not even quite sure how it got there. 
uh, one of the points of my book was trying to say, you know, the way I read it, talking to everybody on the lunar evolution of the, you know, the moon itself, you're not quite sure how it got there, what it, what's relationship with the earth. So my guess is the moon is far from being a been there, done that world. Uh, stand by for uh, new discoveries. And uh, as uh, this, actually, I just did a whole interview with some people today about, you know, this is the year of the moon. I mean, you know, Russia is going to launch Luna 25 uh, coming up, uh, if they're lucky, I guess, and kind of a, what did I write, uh, coming up in the next few months. And, but there's a whole litany of, of spacecraft going to the moon. We're going to rediscover the moon in different ways. So uh, that's that's an exciting, uh, you know, uh, new prospect. And, you know, to me, the moon's going to be like Antarctica. It's going to be a new uh, field center. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about uh, using the moon, even for SETI on the far side. And I'm on a committee that we're actually trying to protect uh, the far side from radio frequency interference. You know, we got as we get more stuff happening around the moon, you got to make sure you don't block off signals uh, that might be perceived by a back a far side SETI uh, facility. So I'm 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 wondering here, but uh, the moon is going to be. I I think we're going to be surprised what what this. I'm not quite sure on the hollow moon, but I'm 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 definitely uh, signing up for standby for uh, new discoveries. You know, it's interesting though, is if if this is the year of the moon, and the year where they just happen to be revealing a whole bunch about UAPs, do you think that there might be a correlation? Like they might be thinking our activity on the moon is going to make it pretty obvious that there's some things flying around the moon watching them. Well, you know, um, I guess I lived in Washington, D.C. for about 30 years trying to coordinate government officials to come up with a theory or, you know, a conspiracy thing to, that was congealed. I don't know. You know, but I, I all I know is that, you know, exploration always leads to wonderment and more questions and stand, the whole thing is going to unfold. You're young enough. We're going to, you know, I hope I'm going to be around to see the next decade or so of, of, of discovery. And it's going to be unbelievable compared to where, you know, where we came from. And so how does that gel? And maybe that does fit into some kind of larger framework of uh, getting the public to uh, appreciate uh, uh, we're not alone. And I, I don't know, you know, I, I you know, but again, the, uh, I, I think even listening to Lou uh, Alessandro and, and Chris Mellon, I mean, they're, they're arguing, you know, you know, trying to figure out how uh, these government agencies, you know, can, can work together. And I think that's what Gillibrand is trying to push is some kind of unified capability of the government to work together. Now, I, again, I'm a, I'm a cripple after 30 years of Washington, D.C., and I, I saw that whole system in full operation around NASA, and it, it's a mess. <laughs> you know, it's just, 
it's helter skelter and people getting money and uh yeah you know, and that's our part of the planetary society that's part of the the big thing is is you know pushing that budget to get it a little more every year and to be yeah. able to do future missions because the budget is so small um you know 75 percent of the the total budget every year goes to normal stuff like people needing food and housing and all that right and then there's another little piece that goes to something else and then part of nasa's is split between three other things so yeah. it's a tiny little bit of that budget that we get every year and uh, i think we really need to start pushing to get them more funding so they can do better exploration and, and more throughout the year well know? and you got to remember i mean the, the fallback position i'd have on that uh, I, I agree with you in some parts uh you know nasa is discretionary funding it's discretionary it's not a mandate that we're spending money in the government on space uh you know space between your ears space between what uh it's discretionary spending and trying to uh, you know the other worrisome thing i always have about nasa and any of the government agencies they spend the money wisely and there are projects that nasa does there are other agencies involved in space that go off half cocked and spend billions and billions that are kind of some of them classified we have no idea what they're doing and so you, the accountability of of the money that you're trying to suggest and how better to spend it we've got to keep an eye on that there are a lot of watchdog groups but uh, there, there's stuff going on that we have no idea what they're doing yeah, I think that's one of the concerns that the UFO community has also emphasized. Where does all that money go? All those <laughs> trillions and trillions of dollars. Yeah. And we can only guess possibly to make beautiful black triangles. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Well, I, I you know, I, I think we're, again, we're... Uh, I, I try to write that in the article and trying to be upbeat, but I, I think we got to be careful. Uh, I think there's some charlatans involved in this now, and I oh yeah, I'm a little worried about how we're uh, eating the young. You know, uh, the, the, you know people that are, that do care. Uh, you know, we got people out standing out in the desert looking for you know contact with aliens and all kinds of things, and. Uh, It'd be, it'd be nice to be coordinated even within the, the UAP UFO community. And I don't know how you feel about that, Jesse, on the uh, on MUFON and how it feels about working with other groups. I mean, how, how are they doing? It's yes. so funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to announce it or do you want me to do it? Oh, oh you know what? Okay, so first I smell the story. I'm telling you, I'm a reporter. I told you. Yes. <laughs> Here you go. This is it. Let me let me tell you the, the first part, um, because this is something that's important to me, getting everyone to work together. Jesse and I have actually been working on an upcoming event that has to do with that. We're calling it Peaceful Disclosure. But what's incredible about that is some of the things we'll be featuring are things that Jesse is going to have to tell about and that are special to MUFON. And it's very exciting, but we yeah. have news like that. So go ahead, MUFON. Yes. Yeah, so uh, MUFON is coming out with a new project. Um, and what they're doing is they're getting together with all the other organizations 
and going to start working together and bringing the research into one place. So it's not spread out all over it. They're not going to merge together, but they're going to start working together, which needs to be done because there's people in this organization and people in this organization that have info that would really help this, you know, all together. Um, So it's a, it's a big deal. Um, And they're finally starting to do it. They're working with, uh, they named a couple of them, the, um, the Center for UFO Studies. Yeah. Fun's working with them. Mark, um, and yeah. you, you know, you got a whole bunch of them. And there's the little guys, too, they're talking about. Yeah. And then they're also starting this new thing where they're, they're about to release a new app on your phone. So it's all in one place, easy to, easy to access. So it's really cool that this is finally coming together like this. People have been waiting forever, you know. Yeah. And I, th- I just imagine where we'll be if we all work together, really. Like if, yep. if it had been happening from day one, we'd be much further. I really, yeah. truly believe that. I think, you know, I'll be corny here. I mean, from a journalist side, I mean, there's got to be some interest by groups that whether it's Avi, Loeb, or some, some other, MUFON or some other group, you know, that want to make the breakthrough statement, you know, that yep. they got the data, they got the information, they got something here that's like foolproof. And so that you're always going to have, even though you're cooperating, and I think that's a great thing, uh, there's always a little uh, tantalizing uh, news bit coming out of any organization that wants to break the story. Right. So, and you're always going to have that. And, you know, we, Unfortunately, I've, I've lived through a lot of breakthrough stories that crumble, whether it's life on Venus in the clouds or, you know, so you, you know, you get all of a sudden you get somebody saying something and it's going to be the next thing's coming is going to be first detection of microbes on Mars. And they're going to be right. uh, people that will. Yeah, it's there. And, here's, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden, yep. you know, about a week later, <laughs> you know, <there's> another, <laughs> Plans yep. people go, no, no, you're, you're it's well, yeah. I tell you what, if I find out the secret to everything, I'm going to tell you first <laughs> so you can get that Pulitzer. Yeah, yeah, boom. Yeah, and the name oh. of the project is Project Aquarius. So that's the name of the project for, for, for MUFON. Yes, to get everybody right. together. That stands um, said, for anything, or is just called Aquarius? It's called Project Aquarius, and it is a massive project that, in the end, will result in the largest searchable and translatable database of UFO sighting information the Earth has ever seen. Okay, great. So it's 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 looking like it's going to be a really good thing. So we got a scoop here tonight. Very useful. So <laughs> yeah. So Leonard, thank you so much for yeah. coming to talk to us. I'm gonna um let everyone say how you can be found so, so that people can uh, come find you and then we're, we'll go ahead and wrap up for tonight again okay. it's been amazing i hope yeah. that we'll get to talk again in the future um jesse why don't you tell people where they can find you yeah sure um i run my podcast uh every week on thursday it's ufo encounters worldwide on all podcast platforms and i also have my website which is ufo encounters worldwide.wordpress.com and leonard where can we find you well sitting here in colorado up in the mountains waiting for a snowstorm And how about on on the internet? Well, the internet's <laughs> different. Uh, LeonardDavid.com will get you to inside outer space. 
and I try to, and I, I write a lot for space.com and scientific American and, uh, other places. So, uh, but uh, do, do come on board leonarddavid.com and I hope I can, uh, you know, share information that you find valuable. Awesome. We'll definitely check that out for sure. Yeah, it's already on the UFO connector. Yes. Uh -oh. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Well, it's um, been a great time talking to you. I, I, like I said at the beginning, I, I don't have much opportunity to actually talk about what I really think. And I, I really thank you for the opening here. Of course. And you know what? I think it'll be great for you to come and talk to us again whenever you want. Just let me know. We'll do it again. Yeah, right. absolutely. Especially if you uh, are getting ready for that Pulitzer and you want to give us a heads up <laughs> about what's coming out. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to just, I'll be signing off. And this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo on the CAB Podcast Network. You can find me at Study of UAPs on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and the UFOConnector.com. And of course, on the Calling All Beings YouTube show. Thank you guys. Have a great night. Thank you.